Hey, slop dog. The Brainiacs are ready. Ready? They are. Welcome into Leather Brains. As always, your host, Slap Dog. Today, we have a very, very fun-filled episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things here. The meat of the episode, of course, is going to be going over quarterbacks. We're going to have a a very in-depth fantasy football conversation today regarding a couple quarterbacks that we have selected, as well as quarterbacks that the Twitter community has selected. We put out a poll and asked the Brainiacs, hey, what do you guys want to hear? What what quarterbacks do you want us to talk about today as far as should we buy them? Should we sell them? Should we uh, just get them off the roster because they're clogging it up? So we're going to be talking about that today. We have some conversations regarding some of the young running backs that are currently injured in their health. We're going to talk about some Joey B conversation, the Iceman himself and his uh, his potential kindness to his teammates. And then we're going to wrap this thing up with questions submitted by the Brainiacs, by you guys. And I'm not alone. I can't do this show alone. And I have two very wonderful, handsome young men with me here today. I have Yeti as well as Alan. Gentlemen, how are we doing? How's it, how's it hanging? How have you guys been? How's it hanging? How's it hanging? How's it hanging? Well, you know, how's it, is it like a little to the right? Short and shriveled and always to the left. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Things you hate to see. It's all Things good. you hate to see. What's up, man? Hi, it's been a minute. Uh, Alan, we haven't seen you in a while. Yeti, you were here last week, of course. Uh, yeah. But uh, Alan, what's up with you? How's things? Uh, things are good, man. Uh, winding down. We are done with soccer practice. We're winding down on dance practice. Down Works life. crazy. Yeah, I know. I actually have to do, I practiced before I came down here. I am doing a daddy-daughter dance this Saturday Ooh. at a recital. I got some questions about this. Is this like, is it is it like really choreographed or is it pretty easy? Like, was it hard for you to figure out all the uh, moves and stuff you got to be doing? I mean, if you've ever like learned any of like those wedding dances, pretty much you could do this. Like, it's just very repetitive type dancing. Uh, but the interesting part, the way it's structured is, all the dads do a choreo- choreographed dance. And then like that without goes the daughters? Forward. Without the daughters. Oh, and, man. But it's lines of dads, and everybody gets a turn to be at the very front. Well, I it, from going to the first to second practice, the lady that runs it was like, okay, guys, now when we switch lines, everybody's going to have to do the gritty to get to their next spot. Oh, <laughs> so now in between the dancing, all these dads are doing the gritty. You know, and I'm younger. Is this a teenage dance? Like, is this? I just want to know the dance teacher. Is this like a teenager? No, she's actually uh, uh, Yeti's sister, my cousin. She oh, okay. went there when she was little. So this lady's been teaching forever. Um, gotcha. So it's great. But so I'm having to do that too. So just, you know, just the busy part of life, you know? So are you going to hit him with the, uh, with the Jefferson gritty or what are we going to yeah. see? I'm doing, I'm doing the one arm down and then kind of swinging the, the right arm, like kind of okay. swiping my okay. shoes. That's how I'm doing it. The will your wife be able to provide us with a recording of this? There's, it actually will be recorded and there's actually okay. a live stream that Yeti, I'm going to be adding a lot of the, uh, family to. <laughs> so they can all watch it. So I'll uh, screen record. I think it. we should get it, yeah. and then and then I'll cut up a clip, and we'll put you and Justin Jefferson and Gaseki all yeah. in there. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll rate which one did the best. Great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen myself do it yet, so that'll be a shock to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see this, so I'm excited yeah, for it. And good. we're excited to have you here today. Uh, as you guys know, I just talked about what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, are we ready to just go ahead and get down to business? Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Hey, boys. Let's get down to business. First piece of news. Broncos head coach Sean Payton, he said Saturday that he expects running back Javante Williams to be ready for the start of training camp. He stated his rehab is going well, and uh, there's a good chance that he's ready, so hopefully he will not start on the pup list. For those that do not know and sleep under a rock, Javante tore his ACL last year. So, excited about this? Is this something that we should uh, stay optimistic for, that there is an actual reality that this could be the case? Man, he didn't just tear his ACL. He tore his LCL. He tore a meniscus. Like He shredded his knee. And I have a hard time believing that. Sure, he might be available for training camp, but he's probably going to be doing like rehab shit, right? He's probably going to be running in straight lines. But as far as like lateral mo- movement, I think that knee is it's going to take a while for him to feel fully right. And we traditionally see this with running backs who are coming off of regular ACL injuries, right? Usually takes them at least a year after to finally hit their full stride. We saw it with Saquon Barkley this past year and with Javante's injury. LCLs controls lateral meniscus lateral as well. He's not going to be as shifty as he once was. You know, it's going to take time. And I honestly, for Javante, like we'll talk about him later on in the year. But right now, I don't expect him to do anything crazy fantasy wise this year. I think it's kind of going to be like a red shirt year, like maybe like red a red shirt year. You think kind of it would it be fair to say kind of like a J.K. Dobbins esque year for him? I think that's a, a great comparison because jk is kind of in the same spot javante is uh jk completely fucked his knee as well um and we saw what he looked like when he tried to come back too soon last year he looked really gimpy he looked like he was banged up still like i think he came back too soon and hopefully javante's team is like hey slow down and like protect your future or else you might do more damage yeah i think the the thing with jk was i noticed when you talk about the contrast was his inability to like break away like he just didn't have it. He you could see like he could see the hole. He went through, but then that breakaway speed to get you get you six was, wasn't quite there. The one thing with with these injuries that like it's the mental part. Like how quickly is Javante going to trust his knee again? And you don't know what that's going to look like for him. So there's a lot of variables just beyond like science in him fixing his knee. Is how quickly is he going to trust it again? And, and do all the things he needs to do with it. So I agree. While this is promising and it's good, I would not be banking on anything productive from him, at least for the first five, six weeks, um, while he's figuring everything out and getting back to game speed. Okay, well, let's talk about Brees Hall. He was rumored that he was uh, potentially be available week one per GM Joe Douglas. I don't believe his... He also uh, has a knee injury. I don't believe his was nearly as severe as Javante, but... We still think there's a little bit more smoke there that the GM's putting out than what reality might be. We're going to talk about it in a second with the schedule. Uh, What's interesting is the Jets, (laughs) who they have to play and who they start out with. And they need to, you know, who knows how long this shelf life is with Rodgers. You know, they're going to have to show production quickly. And I, I just worry he's also going to be somebody that might get rushed back, but you know, if he if he's there, he's ready to go. They're going to need him, and they're going to need him right away. 
Well, the Jets, I mean, their, their schedule, as, as you mentioned, it's pretty tough out of the gate. Their very first very first opponent is Buffalo, and then they play the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, Broncos, and Eagles. That's not an easy schedule to begin the season. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find out pretty damn quick that he might want to retire after this year, given how difficult the Jets have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is not a good look for the Jets and their, uh, their new star quarterback. So I don't see Brees. I, I think they play it safe. I think that's probably the best case scenario for the Jets. I, I think they want to get him back on the field, but I don't. I wouldn't want to play any of those. I think there's a potential they could be like their record could be very different than it was at the beginning of last year, given this uh, this very difficult, uh, very difficult couple matchups to start out the season. I think it's very possible that the Jets start the season one and five or two or four, like with those teams that you just listed off, I have a hard time picturing them beating Buffalo, Dallas, uh, the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Eagles all out of the gate. Denver, I could see them beating. Maybe New England, too, just because New England's so up and down. But any divisional game, especially early, is tough. Hmm. So I would not be surprised with them being under 500 to start. I'm interested. I'm like so sneaky interested in that Buffalo game. Cause I think everybody thinks it's a foregone conclusion. Like Buffalo is just, they're the better team and on paper and his, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously. Yeah. I just wonder how that, that loss they had to end the year against the Bengals at home, the way they lost just the, the men, the mentality of it all. Like it's easy when you're very close to winning and you're like motivated to come back. It's a little different when you get just like your dick kicked in at home and now you got to come back and you got a motivated Jets team who isn't they're not bad. No, they were a good bad team last too. year. They're they're good. And so that'll be interesting to see how it starts cuz I think if it goes the other way for Buffalo, Buffalo loses that game, you're going to see the panic button. If the Jets lose, you'll start to see the panic button. So either way, that first game somebody's has their finger on the panic button right away. It's week 1. It's week 1. I don't think I I hope they don't hit the panic button, especially fans. Like that's the other thing too. And I think you're right. I think a lot of fans for both whatever team would lose that game is they're going to hit the panic button week 1. It's like calm down. These are two actually pretty good teams. Let's just ride. Let's let's ride as Russell Wilson would say. Let's <laughs> ride. Uh Brock Purdy. Let's talk about him. Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan says that the team expects to have Purdy back from his right elbow injury by training camp. There's a lot of talk going on, fellas. There's a lot of these GMs and head coaches out there, and they're saying everybody's going to be back and okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm buying this. It's easy to I say. Really don't. May. Well, I, yeah, I know. Like that's exactly a great point. Like it's easy to say right now. Training camp's not for a few more months, and like. I don't think he's going to be back by then. There's no way. I really don't. There's no way. Like, There's he no might way. be there physically. Right. Like, and physically. Yeah, no, like, he'll be watching and hanging out and supporting he'll the team. But there. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'll be throwing balls, at least not with his right hand. You know, we've been hearing a lot about Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, but we haven't heard a lot about Trey Lance from that's anybody in the 49ers front offense. And I think that says something. I Okay, here, here's a hypothesis. <sighs> here's something I'm, I've... This did not even cross my mind. What if? I know that they've talked about trading Trey Lance, which I'm starting to be comfortable with it. I'm starting to I'm starting to come around to the the, the fact that maybe they do. What if he goes somewhere like the Saints? 
What if he goes somewhere like the Jets? Where you have these quarterbacks who you don't need Trey Lance right away. Right? And I'm not saying that that Derek Carr is anything great. But you throw him back behind him because he's going to be cheap. You know, whatever team buys him, they're not going to they're not going to pay three first round picks like the 49ers did, right? So, at at any rate, they're getting a discount. What if he goes behind a, a, an Aaron Rodgers and he hangs out with him for a year or two while because as we know, and I know we don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but let's just we know the game that he plays where every year he says I'm going to retire, I'm going to be out. What if he really does? Like the Jets are going to need a quarterback. And if they do as well as we think that they will, they're not going to have the draft capital to do it. So, like, what if he does go somewhere like the Jets or the Saints who need help everywhere? They're going to get him at a discount, and he, you know, they could play the what if game with Trey Lance. Like, does do you guys hate that idea at all? I think after last year, you, were, I think you were, you were, we were on opposite sides of this fence. I wanted to move on from Trey Lance. You wanted to see it through. And now I want to see Trey Lance through and you're ready to move on. <laughs> Something happened in the universe. I don't know what it is. I, I don't think they should trade him. Like we, I don't know. Let me be the middle ground. You have one and a half, one and a half quarterbacks yeah. on your roster right now. You have one and a half quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah. Do you agree with that yet? Is that kind of where you were going to go? No, I, I think they hold on to Trey Lance until like midway through the season because we have the Lions who have Goff, we have the Seahawks who have Geno, and then um, Vikings have Kirko. Those three guys are on expiring contracts, basically. And let's say they underperform through the first five, six weeks. I think we start seeing smoke around Trey Lance, uh, trade rumors come up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded later in the season when his value could potentially be up higher. Yeah, he'll be healthy again too. You know, why he'll be so healthy low? right now, who knows what his value truly is because people are like, Yeah, we're fine with their quarterbacks. It is what it is. I was gonna yeah. ask, what's the value? What are what are teams gonna what do the 49ers actually hope is what the 49ers could get from him worth more than potentially developing him? That's what I'm interested to see what the 49ers think. Like I think the only thing that they the, the only hesitation from the 49ers is just we saw what happened when they they had a depleted quarterback room and so like that I think is partially where I could see hesitation which is certainly understandable I don't think Kyle Juszczyk is probably the quarterback of your future but he was going to be the guy um so yeah I think that's a that's a concern for them that they're going to have to work through but I think that they could probably still squeeze some value out of him once he is healthy and like Yeti mentioned like there is some guys who we don't know. We don't know what the future is going to look like, and for the the who's going to be the gunslinger for each of these teams. And you have a quarterback who potentially could fill that role and be a, a at a much much more of a discount than um, than what they potentially have to pay to draft someone. So we'll see what happens with him. I just I was thinking about it the other day, and I thought that was a really good thought experiment. So I figured I'd bring it bring it up to you guys, and see what you thought. But while we're talking about quarterbacks, let's talk about Mister Joey Ice himself, Joe Burrow. Guys, he still is on his rookie contract, as we know. And some news has come out, and he has said that he is keeping his teammates in mind amid talks with the team. So do we see Joey Ice take a little bit of a discount in order to keep uh, the Dream Team alive? I get so fucking tired of this conversation and, like, the fodder amongst fans of, like, it's like the one time of the year that the, the fans actually give a shit about like what contracts and the size that people are signing when it comes to yeah, we don't have anything else to talk about. No. And I, but I think 
but I, from the Bengals' point of view, they're ultra sensitive. Obviously, when people were kicking the tires on T. Higgins, and you had their GM come out and say, "Get your own T. Higgins. We're going to keep him." <clears throat> I think obviously, obviously, he's going to take a deal. Why would you not want to keep two like all pro wide receivers around you? Obvi- obviously, he's not dumb. But they also, yeah. the other thing is, the salary cap is going to keep going up as we see. The, the deals are going to keep getting bigger and bigger. He's going to sign a big deal, but it's not going to really matter, as we've said, because the salary cap doesn't it doesn't exist. exist. Yeah, doesn't exist. exist. So it's it's a big nothing. Yes, I think he's going to take quote unquote less, but that he's still probably going to be the highest paid quarterback when he signs it. It's not like he's going to be mid level. You think he it's will gonna... break the? Oh yeah, yep, one hundred percent. But it's on the backdrop of it's going to be spread out. The salary cap's going to go up. It's going to be a lot of deferred money. He's probably going to take two or three years where he's not hitting the cap as hard. And so that will be the friendliness of it, not the inking of him signing the biggest quarterback deal mm-hmm. in NFL. We also saw someone like Tom Brady didn't ask, ask not that he wasn't getting paid, don't get me wrong, but he he would take, you would see him not get paid exorbitant amounts of money because he was chasing rings. Like Towards the end maybe, of his career, yeah. But sure. yeah. for the prime of his career, that dude was making bank. He was, and Alan, yeah. to your point about the salary cap, Mahomes signed a $450 million contract, what, two years ago? And that was like, holy shit, $450 million. But now he is the sixth highest paid quarterback. So yeah. that, that deal is looking amazing right now. Yeah. And we're just going to keep on seeing this process repeat itself. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the statement of he's keeping his teammates in mind. Well, no shit. Cause the, the team also wants to keep his teammates in mind. They're not stupid either. Like they want to keep them too. I just think it's, it's just like, you know, uh, this like uh, virtue signaling type, like, look at me, I'm doing so well. It's going to be the biggest contract. It's going to be the biggest quarterback contract in NFL history. That's what it's going to be. We're talking about contracts. Saquon Barkley still has not signed his, uh, his franchise tag. It's roughly, I want to say, right around $10.1 million. So the turmoil for the Giants is is continuing with their star running back. I, I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. because I, and, and I say this because there are still some big-name running backs that are still free agents right now. So it's a, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say that Saquon Barkley is not one of the best running backs in the league because he is certainly one of those top-tier talents. But what are you what are you expecting? Like if you're Saquon Barkley, what are you expecting? Because you still have Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, who I think a lot of people are forgetting about, playoff Lenny, and Zeke are all still three like certainly usable running backs. I'm not gonna and I don't want to sit here and say that they're the same caliber as Saquon Barkley because they're not. But he wants a long term contract, kind of and I don't know what the the exact numbers are. But we saw what happened when the Cowboys finally gave in and, and gave Zeke a shit ton of money. I don't know what he expects. And I don't know, it, given the running back market right now, I don't know if there's a lot he can sit there and demand of this this organization. I mean, is that fair to say for you guys? Or what do you think? Well, you, you also have to consider the fact that Jacobs and Pollard, they haven't signed their franchise tags either. And they have until the middle of July to make a deal with their teams if they don't sign a deal with their teams they will be quote unquote forced to play under that franchise tag but that's where the running backs can say fuck off like i'm holding out and they won't report the training camp so i think right now running backs are in this situation barkley saying you know i'm not signing my tag or whatever it's may 
guys are reporting for off-season training. He's a veteran at this point. Like, I wouldn't want to fucking report to off-season training either. Like, I'm going to buy my time, and then I'll report to training camp whenever I want to. Yeah, I'm going to relax, enjoy my recovery. Um, But I I did see a report for Saquon that the contract negotiations right now are more about the years. He's not worried Mm -hmm. about the money as much. It's about, about the years because he wants... They're offering three years. He wants four years. So he has that extra year of protection, basically, because at that point, he'll be a 30 year old running back. We know how running backs age and he just wants to secure that last big contract. Do you think if if, hypothetically he holds out and he uh, I don't want to say walks, but, you know, they he holds out like is there a team that you think would be willing to pay like a four a four year deal given the running back market right now? Like I, I just. I don't know if that's that's going to happen. Like I don't know if I that's think a, a thing. A couple things happened for Barkley that I think the timing didn't quite work out. Because in in season, yeah. I think they're offering him like twelve, thirteen million per year, and the years might not have been there. But what also hurt him was he kind of his production plateaued or fell a little bit as the season went on, and then Daniel Jones started playing well, and then he got paid. So a couple things didn't work in his favor. The Giants also like pulled all of those offers that they had previously. Had given them they're just like fine you don't want to take 13 per year you know fuck off we'll we'll do something else later and now he's staring at 10 million with the with the franchise tag i don't think he wants to sign you know obviously he doesn't want that either so there's definitely some sort of impact i think it, i mean it'll get done um obviously the giants want to keep him he's kind of somewhat they're the offense. face yeah he's he's <laughs> a pretty face of that offense you don't want daniel jones to be the face so there's a little bit of posturing, I think, from both sides. One side feels like, F you, you didn't want to sign this deal back then. He's obviously like, well, damn it, I deserve the years, like Yeti was saying. So kind of spot on. I think it'll get done. They have months to figure it out. But a little concerning when you hear reports that they're not even close. But I think, you know, they'll figure it out quickly. And I, I think, yeah, sorry, Hunter. Um, I was going to say, I think the three running backs, Jacobs, Pollard, and Barkley, they probably have guns pointed at each other. Like, who's going to sign a deal first? Yeah. Because they want to see who sets the market. Jacobs, he's going to get $13 million. I want $13.5 million. You know, something like that. You right. know, we see that all the time with wide receivers. Okay, quick game. Especially. You had to pick, you get to pick one of those running backs to sign to a long-term deal. Which one of the three you just mentioned, Yeti? Which one do you want to sign? Long-term? Okay, if we're gonna play this game, are we saying like a four-year deal for all three of them? Yeah, like the deal's all the same. Like we're like, which one do you want to sign long-term? Like which which running back do you feel like? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with this guy longer. As somebody like who has a horse in the race, I'd have to go Jacobs. But yeah. I I could understand your point for <laughs> Pollard. Pollard would be my second choice if I had to pick. Yeah, I don't want to sign any of them to a long-term deal. But because as we're to, seeing, if I had have to, to, I'd probably take Barkley okay. solely because of the the he is the team. He has been the team for the last couple of years while they've not had any wide receivers. Like, I think he's been their wide receiver. He's been their running back. Okay. He's been their utility player. He's gotten hurt a little bit, but I'd probably That's have to take Barkley. That's interesting. Interesting because I would take Pollard more so because I feel like the miles are low. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's my Pollard like, that, would be that's like one Pollard of my, my one of my main reasons is like yeah like the, the miles are low like I'll just keep yeah. them but obviously he's unproven like I think I know what I'm getting from Jacobs I know what I'm getting from Saquon which is funny because in my mind I'm not thinking about that and so I wonder also, how these teams are also thinking about that Saquon's a good looking dude so well, I'm gonna sign for my team I'd at least like to have like a they're all he's making me ugly. money on jerseys yeah they're all not ugly 
Yeah, I, I don't. I guess I don't know what. Time that's a different episode. Like. That's a different episode. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's off the air. That's some yeah. We'll talk about that type stuff. Uh, former Falcons and Colts quarterback Sir Matthew Ryan is becoming an analyst at CBS. I dude, that guy's got a big head. I don't know <laughs> how it, they're gonna get a is camera he on Sir him. Matthew. Or did you just I just put that in. Okay, I was gonna I just say put that like, in. Yeah, I don't think he's been knighted. I don't think he's been knighted. All right. I don't okay. think he deserves to be knighted. No, probably not. No. Uh, he's he's got a big head. I just I don't I don't like that. I want Greg Olson. Greg Olson's probably my favorite analyst. And when Tom Brady comes in, he's gonna throw Greg Olson to the the streets, and that really pisses me off because he's my what? favorite one. Okay, so which players, either playing right now or former players, would you like to see in a broadcast booth? JJ Watt. I love that man, and I would fucking marry so JJ Watt in the booth. With whom? Yeah. Like, think. Mm. I'm thinking of like pure entertainment. Like, I'd like to see Gronk and Kelsey oh. like, call a game. Oh yeah. No, I love RG three. RG three like currently is probably one of like the the most fun like NFL analysts yeah. besides us, of course. Um, True. I, Gronk, I don't care for Gronk a whole lot. I'm just oh, gonna really? say it. Oh, I think he's. I, I, I don't hate the guy, but he kind of just he seems like he's kind of got to stick up his ass. <laughs> Yeti, you're muted, my friend. Oh, hello, guys. Sorry. Um, I was going to say, Gronk is funny, but I can only stand that voice for a little bit. If I had to sit for three hours, I might just turn off the the sound like I do with Doris Bird. If you let the Kelsey brothers do it, I think that'd be fun. (laughs) Kelsey brothers are good. I like Jason Kelsey. I honestly think think he's going to be a coach when he's done. I think he's really good, but I would also love to just listen to him talk about a game because I think that would be fun. He's super smart. He is. I'd follow that man to the gates of hell, and I'm Um, I'm not even an Eagles fan. Yeah, well, same. Um, I do love Matt Matt Ryan does not move the needle for me. I don't feel like I'm going to turn into more. I'm not going to tune into more CBS games because Matt Ryan's there. Like I'm not like, guys, hold on. Matt Ryan's about to be on the TV. Kids, everyone shut up. And Tony Romo in a booth together i would i'm gonna mute the tv and i would rather listen to that like baby shark song for four hours and watch football than listen to those two fucking talk Uh, i don't know matt i don't know matt (laughs) this could be it we're probably going to be getting a lot of that here in nebraska with uh, chiefs games alan so sorry yeah (laughs) pretty shitty uh let's talk about tennessee real quick because i shit on tennessee last week on last episode and i I still stand by what I said, but they do have a pretty favorable schedule. So I just want to, I was getting some slack about it. I figured we should talk about it up until their bye week. They have what I would consider to be a pretty favorable schedule. They play new Orleans, the chargers, the Browns, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Ravens. So that it starts out tough, excuse me. But then after that, it gets super easy. They got Falcons, Steelers, Bucks, Jags, Panthers, Colts, Fucking A. This is how they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, because they, then they get Houston Because they have twice. an easy schedule. Yeah, they get Houston and Jacksonville twice. They get Tampa Bay. Their toughest games are going to be Seattle and Miami. This is bullshit, man. Those are going to be their toughest games in the second half of the schedule. So they're going to the playoffs win, with like a shitty fucking team. If they beat Cleveland and New Orleans and lose to, you know, the Chargers, Bengals, Colts, you know, whatever. Like, they're probably going to they're going to go to the playoffs again. They are. And it, it, they shouldn't. I'm just gonna say it. But they're going to that, that roster is fucking awful. <laughs> but you're go. probably right. They're gonna uh, go. Vegas has their line at seven and a half games right now, and the money's on the under. Um, so take that for what it's worth, slaps. Man, I'm back, baby. Man, I don't know. I think it's favorable. What, v- Vegas line was what? I'm sorry. 
Seven and a half wins. Yeah, I'd hit the over on that. Oh, okay. I'll Go do, do it. it. You'll, you'll make right. some money. To make the playoffs, they are plus 240 as well. So just throwing that out there. They find a way to do it. The Rabes, he, he knows what he's doing. I'll ride it. I'll say they're going to go to the playoffs, and I'm going to say they're going to go over. They'll get, have over eight wins. I think they will, unfortunately. I think it's fair. I think for fantasy purposes, too, that second half of the season could be. Yeah, but who are you touching besides Derrick Henry on that team? And maybe Traylon Burks. And who knows? I was thinking of. I was but thinking who's their quarterback? I don't think it's going to matter. I think we. I think. I, I, I mean, if you take out four guys in the NFL, like you could have that question for a lot of teams. Who's their quarterback? That's fair. If you're drafting anybody right from now, the 49ers, who's their quarterback? Well, Sam Darnold. Really, I'd, okay, but I'd feel most confident about Brock Purdy. Like, if I was to pick, like, I really don't know with the Titans. I have no idea. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, the ball finds people. There, and these teams will will put up points for fantasy purposes. They will still score. They will. They still have to roll the ball out there and play. I don't know. It's gross. All right. We ready to move on to our quarterback conversation, fellas? Let's do it. I just have one more nug with the NFL schedules. Um, The AFC East, obviously, we know that division is going to be super competitive, right? Or we're expecting that from the four teams there. Um, But they they play the NFC East as well. That's their crossover in their schedule. So um, it's literally going to be a gauntlet in the AFC AFC East every fucking week. So just stay tuned. It's going to be crazy. That's there's going to be fun games for us to watch, though. I think now that I they're all going to be on football, freaking Peacock and the cock. Prime, the cock and the Prime, and wherever else fucking else they make me go. But yeah, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's bust. All right, baby, let's talk about quarterbacks. So today we have brought a list of six quarterbacks. Two of which were selected, as I mentioned, by our Twitter followers, all you dirty, nasty brainiacs. We put a poll out there, and we have our winners. It is Tua Tagovailoa's and Derek Carr were the two winners on the Twitter poll, so we're going to be talking about them. But let's start out with Mr. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, the man who can't stop riding. We're going to talk about him a little bit here you buying him? You selling him? You holding him? Yeti, what are your thoughts on Russell Wilson, my friend? All right. So last year, obviously, Russ had a season to forget. Probably the worst of his career. Uh, finished as quarterback 16, which is, you know, not terrible considering how bad that offense looked at times, right? But I, I think you can only go up from here. And uh, with Sean Payton being the head coach slash play caller i think we're gonna see some uh positive uh changes for us i think we're gonna see a run heavy approach which is gonna help russ out uh quite a bit because they'll they'll get him uh and play action throws they'll get him in low uh, or high completion throws like little slant routes little under routes to get him going um so i am buying russ this year i'm buying the dip you're buying the dip. Uh, you know, it was funny. I also was doing my homework to prepare for this, and he finished his quarterback 16 this last year, which was something I was incredibly surprised about because you think about how terrible that, that offense is, like you mentioned, and I was like, I would have put him in, like, I thought he'd hit the 20s easily. He also finished his quarterback 16 uh, last year. So I, I understand why people are getting off the ride, right? There's a little bit of skepticism there. Russ has kind of fallen off the train a little bit. Um but I agree with you. I think I'm going to ride with him. I think I think he uh, 
as you mentioned, Sean Payton had his choice to go anywhere. Sean Payton could have gone, and I don't want to say anywhere, but like there was a couple teams that were <laughs> were very interested in getting Sean Payton, Cardinals included. And he chose to go to the Broncos. And I think that he is going to clean that up. I think there was a lot of distractions last year for Russell Wilson. Obviously, he uh, he had like eight parking spots in his own office. And I, I think Sierra was coaching the offense. Like There was a lot going on there. And Sean Payton came in. I think he straightened him out a little bit. I'm going to ask you this, Yeti. If you needed a quarterback in a super flex league, would you spend the 202? If you had the 202 and you needed a quarterback, would you spend it on Russell Wilson right now? Yeah. Yeah, for okay. the two or two, you're probably getting well le- le- Levis. So I think I would rather have Russ than Levis at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. That's just I I pulled up keep trade cut. I know a lot of people hate that. I know some people love it and live by it. I don't do either. I think it's a decent metric just to kind of have a bearing. But that's on keep trade cut. That's where Russell Wilson is going is right around the two o two. And I honestly, it like I like you said, you would buy him for that. I would too. If you were looking for a usable quarterback too, mm-hmm. easily the two Oh two there. So I'm, I'm good with that. And Alan, do you have any thoughts more to add on Russell Wilson? Um, I thought after the season ended, I thought there was no way he does that again. There's no way they are that bad again. And then adding Sean Payton, he has to be better in inheriting a dynasty team that currently has Russell Wilson on him on that team. <laughs> I want to keep him and hope that he does well. But I think, I think that it was such a like, fun thing to pile on i think i think next year you'll see you'll see an adjustment um i don't think he finishes much higher above 16 but i think you'll see a lot more consistency which i think will be the key yeah yeah and i like you said i think that will 100 percent be the key in getting some players involved because it really was you know throw it up there and hope to god jerry judy will catch them. yeah we had like so. five straight episodes where we talked about who gets scores the one touchdown that Denver's gonna <laughs> score. so it's gotta Very be better than that let me ask you guys this. Would you guys, for redraft purposes, would you guys rather have Anthony Richardson or Geno Smith or Russell Wilson? Geno Smith. Geno, yeah. I would take Geno. Mainly because of the weapons. but Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, currently in best ball drafts, obviously we're in May, so things are going to change. But Russ is going as the 17th, 17th quarterback off the board uh, just after Geno Smith and then right before Anthony Richardson. Geno Smith is going that late? Yeah. That's interesting because Geno Smith, I, I, if everybody stays healthy in that offense, he could be a top 10 quarterback this year, in my opinion. It, for some redraft, redraft format, yeah, I'm definitely interested in Geno. I, I think that he's, by and large, the best one on this list, and and um, so I would roll with him as well. What, what, right, would you choose Geno, Yeti? Mm. I um, I'd probably go Russ just because there's, Russ? there's too many mouths to feed in Seattle. I think they're a run heavy offense. You saw Geno Smith kind of taper down in the second half of the season. Cause I think teams finally got tape on him and they understood what was going on in that offense. So I think we're, we kind of saw his peak. Okay. We'll see. I mean, you know, he didn't write back. So <laughs> talking about running quarterbacks, Daniel Jones is next on our list here for a buy-sell candidate. Danny Dimes, baby. He finished his quarterback nine last year. Yeti or Allen. Allen, do you have anything to add, or would you like Yeti to start this one? Yeti can go. Okay. Yeti, what are you thinking about Danny Dimes? I'm selling him. I am selling selling Danny Dimes in Dynasty League. Son of a bitch. Like you said, Danny Dimes, he finished as a quarterback nine last season. Um, and, and obviously there might be something there with Brian Dable. Brian Dable is the reason why Daniel Jones was so successful last year, because we've seen Daniel Jones in other offenses 
Daniel Jones looked like he was on his way out of the league or out of New York. Let's be honest. Um, uh, Dable came in, saved his career. And I think we saw the peak of Daniel Jones last year uh, of what he can do in that offense. And I'm not shitting on Dable or Danny Dimes because I like them. Obviously they, they are great fantasy pieces. I would love to have them for redraft purposes, but right now the price on Danny Dimes is way too high. And after one year, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a mid first. I, uh, I don't know. I, so here's the thing, because I've seen a lot of people talking a lot of shit. A lot of Giants fans are pretty pissed off about about the signing. And I've seen a lot of people who aren't Giants fans that are just laughing hysterically. And they're like, they so overpaid for Daniel Jones. Did they? I mean, do you really think they did? Because let's let's look at this for just a moment. We Earlier in the episode, we talked about, about quarterbacks and how all of them are getting paid. And I am not going to sit here and tell you I think Daniel Jones is better than Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Lamar or any of those guys. But I still think he's certainly usable. And if you look at the quarterback market right now, did he get overpaid or did he get paid because other teams need quarterbacks bad enough that they wanted to keep him around? I mean, is that what are you guys thinking on that on that end? I think they, their hand was forced based on how well he played toward the end that they had to pay him. Um, I'm, I agree with Yeti. Um, a hundred percent. I would, I would, I'm selling because I don't think he can replicate what happened last year. And as good as it was, it still wasn't like amazing. It was just better than the shit show he was doing right before that. So it's like on the backdrop of him shitting the bed all the time, it was, oh, now he's actually playing well. He's not turning the ball over, which I think is the key stat when you want to look at what Dable was able to, to have with him was he was, he just wasn't turning the ball over, you know, and he was, making the right reads and he was using his legs yeah like that i mean that's what he was doing and from a giant's point of view i think when you look at their team you do want some stability do i think they probably don't believe he's the quarterback forever but he's good enough right now and i think that's what they paid for and what they gave him was you're good enough right now to keep your job so we got to pay you what the market bears but other than that i think it the only thing it hosed was really the contract negotiation from saquon i think just ate into what so you're also selling oh yeah Okay. I'm going to buy. Gentlemen, I'm going to buy for a mid-first round. We'll say mid-first round, a fifth or sixth round, or fifth or sixth pick this year. I think I'm going to buy Daniel Jones if I was to need a quarterback. I I think that is a, a certainly a, a fair market value for him because he did finish his quarterback nine last year. More more often than – not more often than – more than anything else, I think I'm, I'm buying Brian Dable. I think that's really what I'm buying into. I'm buying into him and his coaching ability. We've seen what he did with Josh Allen, and we've seen Josh Allen without Brian Dable, and he d- he did not look the same as he was when Brian Dable was there. Dable's a good coach. I think I would I would probably argue Dable's a top five NFL coach just in what he's able to do. Look how far this Giants team went with nothing. And I'm not going to say Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, their new wide receiver that they drafted. I'm not going to say he's the answer. But they do have a little bit more pass-catching weapons. They got Darren Waller in there as well. I think I'd pay that for for a quarterback that you know has the rushing upside there for fantasy purposes. That intrigues me enough to want me to hit the buy button. If I was looking for a quarterback at the 106, I'd consider that. Because you know he's going to be there for a little while too. Like he just got his contract re-signed. So you know that if you're going to buy him, you have him for a little while. And then you can hopefully get some rushing upside there for fantasy usage which we saw last year. 
So, and, you know, I, I think it's important to note that, you know, while you guys were talking about rushing upside, I remember that Daniel Jones, he has neck issues. Uh, he missed a, a few games, I think not last season, but the year prior, because he was having a lot of neck issues, a lot of shoulder issues. If he's going to be rushing yeah, a lot neck. more after, you know, <laughs> one or after last season, he takes one wrong hit and he might be out. Like we we've seen how fragile he can be prior to Dable coming into the offense. And like I said, after one season, I get all the hype. I love Dable at Danny Dimes is good for that offense, but I want to see it more. I want to see more of it and see it consistently. Okay. Well, speaking of more, what about Deshaun Watson? He's next on our list here. And he's somebody that we, we all know what Deshaun Watson's done off the field. We've all know, we all know the story that is Deshaun Watson. So I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole, but my point is we haven't seen him on the field, right? We didn't see him on the field until week 10 of last year. So I, I ran the metrics starting in week 10. So if you take from week 10 to the end of the season last year, Deshaun Watson finished his quarterback 23. It's fucking horrible. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, it's a huge eyesore for the Browns. I mean, you think about it. The Browns paid a lot a to lot get this money. guy. They paid a lot of money to go and get Deshaun Watson. I think there's some hope. I think there's a little bit of hope. I think you have to have a little bit of hope. I mean, he was two years removed from football before this for everything that happened off the field. So he hasn't played football in two years. And then he comes back midway through the season last year. And I've said this before on this podcast before. Defenses are already primed. Defenses are already ready. This is not week one for all defenses. They're in the heart of the season. They're playing good ball. And then you throw your quarterback who hasn't played football in two years into the mix. I think, yeah, you're probably going to have a pretty shitty start of things. Mm -hmm. Right? I think there's some hype there. There's a reason to believe, rather. And so I'm, I'm not counting last year. I think it was good reps for him to maybe get warmed up again, but I think this this is a big year for Watson, I think. And I we've seen him every year that he was on the field previous to this. He was in the top 10 for fantasy. Yeah. He was a top 10, top six, I want to say, fantasy quarterback every year that he was in the league. Yeah, yeah. So what are you guys doing? Are you buying or are you selling Deshaun Watson? I'm a buy off of intrigue. For the okay for what you he's going said. he's going as an early first rounder next year so I want to state that on keep trade cut an early first rounder next year would you buy that <sighs> off intrigue and upside because he's still young the same draft class as Mahomes he sat yeah. for a while it's not like he sat because he tore both you know he blew both of his knees out and he can't move like that would be different he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league up until he frequented way too many massage parlors. And so the best of us. Yeah. I mean, he got caught up in the storm um, as we all do. You pay for the extras and he made the storm. (laughs) I I think if you're desperate, like you don't have a quarterback, I think there's enough upside there and intrigue because of who he was. But again, it would just be kind of your situation. Like if you don't have a quarterback at all, you have absolutely nothing. I think it's worth a flyer just because of what he has been and what he could be. I don't know the Browns are going to be. That's the other question mark. Like he's in Cleveland. And so they that's, have Elijah Moore. That's, They've got Amari Cooper. They have Donovan Peoples Jones and Nick Chubb is still there. So I and that's the thing. You got Chubb and they were like feeding him. So I, I would buy I would buy him off of intrigue because I know what he could be and he was only sitting because of mistakes rather than he was hurt and i think with a full off season 
with the team getting that rhythm it's tough when the team's already in rhythm and you're trying to like catch up to a moving train sure. so Absolutely. i would i would that's just me but it would be dependent on what your current quarterback makeup was yeti let me ask you guys this would you rather have daniel jones or deshaun watson i'd rather have deshaun watson if i was to to choose i think there's you know if i was spending a my first round pick and I got to choose between Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson, it's going to be Watson for me because for, for a few reasons, he's done it before. We've seen what he's done before. Granted, he had DeAndre Hopkins for a lot of that. And when you have a star receiver like that, it probably makes things a little bit easier, but he's got a better cast around him. And I think that that makes a, a monumental difference for the, for him. I mean, Amari Cooper, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is still a better wide receiver, but Amari Cooper is still a very good wide receiver. It, at least at the end of last year, he hadn't lost his step yet. He was still very usable. He's got that. Elijah Moore, we didn't really see him as much as we probably hope with the Jets, but we know that he is a talent, and I think he's worth probably... like. And then you have Nick Chubb. The offense is there, uh-huh. and that's what makes me want to believe in Deshaun Watson more, as well as the fact paired with that he we have seen him do it before Daniel Dimes he hit quarterback nine last year that was the first time he's ever cracked the top 10 granted he's younger but Watson was doing it his entire yeah. career previous to this I would say the similar Browns team was a you know fourth down conversion away from Chad Henney completing to knocking out the Chiefs with Baker Mayfield and so Gross. that's kind of where they were and I feel like a lot of that core is still there so I'm intrigued but you just it's it's one of the shit thing about sports man you know we all played sports it's you don't know it's not played on paper. It's the same thing when the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, signed Vic and got all those free agents in the offseason and everything looked like it was snowballing. Even this year for the Eagles, like you just don't know what that team is going to roll out and look like. You just it's it's tough. And that's why you play the freaking games. So I would say on paper, it's, it's super intriguing. And but I think the core of that team knows how to win. Like, I think they know what they're doing. And it's just if Deshaun can return to like 80, 85 percent of what he was formerly, I think it's totally worth it. And I, I yeah, yeah, I think even if I'm getting an 85% Deshaun Watson, I'm taking that over Daniel Jones, especially with the first round pick. Like we, Deshaun Watson, when he was in his prime, he was an MVP candidate, right? The dude looked unstoppable for the three years that he was really involved with Houston's offense. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to keep on harping on it, but like you guys alluded to, he missed or, you know, the, the six games that he played last season, those were kind of just warm-up games, in my opinion. I didn't put too much stock in it. It just, he was off for two years. Like, don't, come on. What do you Well, even before so, that, those six games, he, he couldn't be with the team. Exactly. So yep. it's not like yeah, he was so he getting secret reps, you know, like, okay, yeah. now we're all, you know, gelling. He was gelling with weak prep, with guys out with injury, coming in, trying to figure out, like I said, that moving train. So, yeah, right with Yeti. Okay, so we're all buying Deshaun Watson. Let's talk about Desmond Ritter, quarterback for the Falcons. He, uh, I think there's a group consensus that Ritter is overall, his value is pretty low. Nobody's smashing the buy on him, perhaps. There's a lot of, if Scotty was here, there would be a lot of negativity and hatred coming out of his mouth right now, but he's not here. So I was getting ready to do it. <laughs> he was... <laughs> He was named the quarterback for the Falcons this year after uh, his finale last year. He started the last four games of the 2022 season. He was drafted in the third round by the Falcons, being a rookie last year. 
I'm optimistic, but I'm curious as to your thoughts, Yeti. I'm not buying or selling. I, you're holding them. Yeah, you're just holding on to them if you have them. And if you don't have them, great. You're in a good spot. And I say that because you look at Atlanta's roster. They just added Bajan Robinson to an already run-heavy offense. Last you look year, at my notes? I just got to ask, are you no. like, you got a little secret spyware on my computer? And yeah, that flag behind here? you, it actually has a camera. It's a camera in it. Yep, gotcha. yep. Um, but you're looking at an offense that ran the ball 59% of the time last year, and they added Bajan. They're going to continue to pound the rock. That's what this Atlanta Falcons offense is, and they just don't have enough passing volume in this offense to make me want to buy Ritter or to even sell him because you're not going to get fair value for him if you truly believe in him. I mean, you could argue that you're going to get rushing touchdowns from him, but we didn't see that last year. We didn't see a lot of the quarterback run game involved. So at this point, I'm staying away. Okay. He's going at the 205 right now is kind of where his value is at. I think that's actually like right on par for kind of where I would put him at. Like, I think that's, and I'm not saying this because it came from keep trade. I'm saying it because I like, if I was looking, if I had the two Oh five and I'm looking for a quarterback, obviously you're not going to get any of the rookies this year. Right? Like that's just not going to happen. But if I was looking for a, what if dart throw, I think, I think, yeah, the two Oh five, I'd probably do that. I'd probably buy him. I wouldn't buy him for much more than that because of everything that you just mentioned but I think I like if, if hold was an option, then yes, I absolutely agree with you. That is exactly where what I would say. I do have him in a dynasty format. I'm not interested in selling him because I know that his value is not going to be great. He's going to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean you. it's it's not his value. Just like Yeti said, his value is not great. But what if you know what if his, what if he actually does something because there are a lot of weapons on this offense. You've got Kyle Pitts. You got Kyle Drake Pitts, London. Maybe. They're young. They're a young, very talented group. They just need a damn quarterback to be able to at least throw the ball because Mariota yeah. was not it. Matt Ryan was also not it, and, and they didn't have another wide I receiver. Think... So I, I'd i rather ride on the potential of the offense and just hold Drake London and see, like, maybe he comes to fruition. Maybe he can be something, but I'm not holding out my breath for it yeah. either. I think part of this exercise, which is healthy in a lot of things, is imagining what good looks like for him. So what does good look like for Desmond Ritter? Like what would a good stat line if you rolled up the box score after a game? Like 189 and a couple touchdowns in the red zone he threw for I was say like, like 207 and Yeah, like, like two he's going so I think I think good for I think a good enough for him is going to be right around that 200 mark and maybe throwing for a couple. And I think that's doable if they're run heavy and teams start stacking the box. The question is can he deliver on time, right? Like that's what we all don't know. We just don't know and I think that's absolutely right. Like you wait and see if he can get to that 200, you know, average on, uh, on a game and throwing a touchdown, maybe two and the biggest kicker of them all, which is hard for young quarterbacks is not turn the fucking ball over. So mm-hmm. if he can do those things, it'll be totally worth it to keep him Cause then you kind of have a good base layer, but if he starts fucking up, turning the ball over, not hitting open receivers, then it's just immediate. Like, you know what you have <laughs> right in your hands. I mean, you gotta be, disheartened as a Kyle Pitts owner. Is that fair? I mean, Scotty's not here. I think, I think <laughs> Scotty so has turning a, into a Kyle Pitts discussion, huh? It, it, well, just, a, I don't want to, I don't want to like, lead a, back to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like, I think Scotty has Kyle Pitts, face tattooed on his back. Uh, Saw it last you, I night. mean, you, did you? Oh, nice. God. 
I mean, there's just been a lot of Kyle Pitts believers, and I think that's why I kind of want to talk about it just very briefly, because there have been so many people that bought Kyle Pitts high, and they have held him for so long in the hope that he is he's going to come to fruition. You got to be pretty pessimistic, right? I mean, like, if you were a Kyle Pitts owner, would you be pretty know. disheartened to see Ritter? I think this is the year, especially you're with Bajan coming in there. Well, see, this is where I'm I'm interested because if they're not stupid and they use Bijan appropriately, like he's going to get those running backs are going to get a majority of the work. What's going to be interesting is if they start doing more play action and they start hitting him in the seams or behind their linebackers as they suck up. Like that's what you're going to want to see. Can can Desmond Ritter hit Kyle Pitts behind the linebackers for meaningful yardage? in meaningful situations and keep moving the sticks. That is kind of what's going to be interesting. And I think Pitts is good enough to make that happen for him. But again, we haven't seen it yet. Not that, you know, it wasn't really given that opportunity. I think all last year you were calling for Ritter to get into the games and it wasn't until way later that it actually happened. But I'm optimistic that it can still happen. It just sucks that there are a lot of good weapons being kind of wasted on maybe this guy can do it maybe not like and i i would lean towards he's probably not going to do it at this point in time but he has the weapons to be to rise above his like current level like they can make him look better than he is and i think that's what's off i think that's what you have to look at i want to see kyle pitt's donkey stomp for safety straight into the ground (laughs) that'd be great um speaking of people getting donkey stomped Tua has been donkey stomped a couple times last year. He finished his quarterback 15 on the year last year. Tua scares me, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Tua is a uh, a very scary own for me. He has an explosive group around him. I, I think that's that's very, very evident. When you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who are both wide receiver ones, we saw a huge improvement from Tua from a fantasy football production from every year previously. The only issue that that kept him out of the game was he has a ticking time bomb on him and it's his brain. And that, that scares me. Like I, it does. He's, he's had two concussions last year, which is the donkey stomp I was referring to in the media has kind of been speculating like a, what if he retires? What if because of these concussions, he goes out, which is, is a completely fair thing to have a conversation about because we were doing it. He said, we were doing, he no, and I was going to say, Tua even stated himself, like he, his family, and he said, I don't with his family and medical professionals, and they had those conversations. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that that is the case. So my take, I think he's one hit away. I think he I is do. one wrong hit away from potentially his NFL career being over. And that really scares me. And if I own Tua, I think I would look at it as I'm holding a time bomb. Right now, Tua is going for the 104, 105, right around that area. I would move him if I could afford to right now. Because I would, like, I, I just think, and, it, and that's the game you play, right? Like, you're holding a bomb that you think could go off, or the fuse could be really fucking long, and you could get a, you could get a whole season. You could get three whole seasons of production out of him, and he might be totally fine going forward. But what if he's not? And I just think we're one concussion away from from potentially his value drops to nothing he's he's done and then you don't have a quarterback so i mean what do you guys think uh same no go on Tua for me um he also in the offseason said he learned how to fall um so that he wasn't slamming his head into the ground when he got tackled which is super interesting it's a right now it's a mind like literally a mind game for him like physically a mind game and then also within his brain is a mind game like how 
what is he going to deliver on? And that's what scares me most. I would say about this whole offense is that if he gets hit wrong, you know, he was literally doing fucking gang signs, you know, in yeah. Cincinnati laying on the ground. Like he was scared. If I man. saw myself do that, I don't know how I'd react. And that's kind of how the rest of the season kind of played out. You didn't see that same attack mode that yeah. he was kind of in. Um, that worries me. Like, and that's, that's one of those things. Like I'm it's gambling and I'm not going to bet on it. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Obviously concussions are a huge concern, but also his mobility, right? He's not going to be willing to stand in the pocket as much and take those hits, but he's all to begin with. He was never a mobile quarterback. He was never going to run and, you know, go get you 20 yards real quick. So I, I just have too many concerns about him and his health. So if I have him, I'm going to try to sell, but I think all dynasty players right now are kind of in the same mindset of, I'm not paying a fucking first for him. No way. Yeah. No, no but like in, in that's where per keep trade cut, where his value is at. Now, if I own two, I would try to sell him. But if you said, yeah, I'll sell you two for the 105, I would be like, I'm out. Like, I would not be interested in that, especially given depending upon how the first couple of picks go, you could still potentially snag a, a rookie quarterback at the 105 if you were really that desperate for a quarterback. So, yeah, I, I don't. Especially next year. Yeah. Gonna, there's yeah, going to be a know. lot of just, quarterbacks available that you could, you know, roll the dice on to see potentially, where they end up. Yeah. As Yeti had mentioned earlier, there's going to be some potential vacancies at a lot of quarterback rooms going into next season. So there's kind of a lull in, in like, there's the really good quarterbacks, and then there's, like, the, okay, we've, we really haven't seen much. Let's see what's going on. And then there's just, like, a wasteland that's about to happen at the quarterback mm-hmm. market. So it's pretty interesting. Last quarterback today, Yeti. Your future, or your your past, excuse me, your past My lover. ex, man, yeah. Your ex, you left him on red. He didn't write me back. Yeah. He didn't write you back. Yeti baby. knows my answer. He, I tried to buy this motherfucker. I tried to buy him. Did you? I tried to get him. <laughs> you're, so I you're all on the buy train. Oh, You're, fuck you're yeah. buying Derek Carr. Oh, yeah, 100%. I wanted him. Okay. I wanted him really bad because I think he's yeah. motivated. He's motivated. Yeah, it's, it was funny. You two, you both texted me independently of each other and were like, hey, what do you think about this trade? And I was like, <laughs> man. I was like, I could really screw one of these two over and just be like, no, you're totally over. And like, just kind of get in somebody's head. And I was like, that would be really messed up. So I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> let them both know that they both texted me here. I, if somebody asked you me a question, I, w- I texted. I te- That's probably good. That's probably yeah, good. I, I like yeah. to get a lot of opinions as I go. No, I, I get it. And... Uh, they're like I talk with the so we're in a dynasty league of course and a lot I talk with a lot of the league internally they'll message me about you know like hey I'm doing this potential trade what do you think and I'm like you know I'll tell them the honest answer like I wouldn't do this or I would do this but I'm not gonna go digging and be like yo I heard there's a trade going on what's going on here and or like trying to leverage it like I'm not about that but it was really funny because you both texted me like right at one after the other and I was just like Oh man, like I'm just gonna let them both know. If you ask me a question, I will be completely honest, but I am not gonna say you should do this, this, or this. Like you, because we're getting in murky waters. But yeah, I knew you were you were pretty interested in Derek Carr there, Alan. He's a buy for you. It sounds like. Yep, 100. percent I think I don't think he was the problem in Vegas. Uh, I don't think I think that was more of just like posturing by the team to say we're moving on, we want better for our fans. Which whatever, good for you. You got Garoppolo now. Um, I just think Derek Carr is motivated in a division that is ripe for the taking. And I think he's going to be able to make a lot of plays with that offense. I think they're going to take care of him. I'm 
interested to see. I think he's going to be in full attack mode, and that's kind of why I want him. Just because, like, I feel like he wants to give the middle finger to the Raiders, and okay, I, I would buy that okay. all day. Yeah, are you buying your uh, your X here? Yeah, I'm buying him, man. Um, okay, like Alan said, he's going to be coming into the season motivated, and he's going into a much better situation in New Orleans than he than he had in Vegas, in my opinion. You look at the Saints team overall. They have a great defense, so he's not going to be on the field as much. Um, they are a run-heavy team the, that's looking to do play-action, which is where Derek Carr has had success, is in play-action bootlegs. And he's also found his arm in the past couple of seasons. You know, he's been throwing bombs because I used to call him the check-down king when he first started uh, with the Raiders. But recently, he's fallen in love with the deep ball, which is great for guys like Olave in that offense. So I think Carr is in a very good situation this year. I'm buying um, he finished as a quarterback 17 last year, and I think he could be flirting with like low end QB one this year with New Orleans. Interesting. You guys are interesting. What do you not like? I Derek? Will... No, I don't. I'm hater. selling Derek Carr. I'm selling Derek Carr. No, I'm not a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I, uh, I, maybe I am a hater. Maybe, maybe I am. I might be a hater. I don't it's know. An eyeliner. I think that's what it is. It might be partially. I just, I'm like, what's going on in those eyes? And then I just feel like I'm staring at his soul. He did finish as the quarterback 17 last year. Okay. I don't think things have improved as much for Carr as we want to sit here and say that they have. I don't. I, I, and the reason being, I actually went and looked this up. The best fantasy season that Derek Carr has ever had was in 2016. He finished as quarterback 10. Other than that, he's, he's, floated around the mid-teens anywhere from 13 to 17 right so he's he's like fringe quarterback too and that's i think that's the best he will ever be i don't think he will crack the top 10 i don't think he will i think maybe at best i'd put him at maybe 13 or 14 to be honest with you he's on a worse offense Mm. in my opinion he is on a worse offense you have Devontae adams arguably the best route runner in the nfl now, yes, the head, the coaching situation. I I'm not I I'm not trying say. to dog on the Raiders. The coaching situation was shitty. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. But as far as the weapons on the field and the people, the talent surrounding him, I think that the Raiders were better off. I think Michael Thomas is washed. I I, I think Michael Thomas. I do not think he is the Michael Thomas of old. I think he was a really great wide receiver. He struggled to stay healthy, and he's getting older. And I just don't see him regaining a step. Chris Olave is somebody I am excited about. And to be honest with you, I would definitely be interested in buying Chris Olave. But I'm not interested in buying Derek Carr. I think this offense is is worse. On keep trade cut, Derek Carr is going for the 201 right now. I don't think that's terrible value. I will say that. Like if you are looking for a quarterback two at the 201, if I had Derek Carr as like my third quarterback and I really didn't need him, yeah, I'd probably move him. I probably would definitely consider moving Derek Carr for that 201. But I don't need him. I have a lot of quarterbacks. And at the 201, I would not I would, I would, not be interested in buying him. It, somebody like Jonathan Mingo is still there. And I'm interested for the opportunity that he has on the field versus me getting a quarterback that could mm-hmm. potentially finish his quarterback 17 again. Because the weapons are not there. Alvin Kamara could go to jail tomorrow. And then he <laughs> doesn't have his check. I mean, I, that's a serious <laughs> thing that could happen. I know. He's not going to go to jail. The Saints are in in cap hell. 
So they don't have a lot of talent other than Chris Olave. And p- potentially they're running back if he still is, is around. And then you have Michael Thomas, who's a dusty old man that can't stay healthy. And so you have like I Taysom Hill. You forgot about Taysom Hill. MVP. Taysom Hill does Canada. he does everything. He'll he'll probably spell Derek I, Carr a couple times when Derek Carr gets tired and he'll go out there and play quarterback and then he'll decide he wants to run it and then he'll play tight end for a couple I think, all. I think the the variable of it all is that he's out of the AFC West. He's not gonna have to try to play against these teams that sure. are of an upper echelon, and that's why I said like the division he's going in, I think is going to make it really attractive because I think his defense will give him more opportunities to just convert easy points yeah. where I don't think previously that was afforded to him very often at all. And he was playing a lot of catch up and having to do a lot of stuff, but I, we'll, it'll be, I mean, it'll be, I mean, it's fucking gambling. Uh, I just, it is. I just think he's, I think this is going to be the fuck you year for him. And I, I expect him to, to go big. He also signed a three-year deal with the saints. So uh, we know he's not their guy of the future. I don't think that's that's not anything crazy to say. I don't think he's the guy of their future. I don't know if you guys disagree with me. And I, yeah. I would I think a lot of it probably hedges on how he plays this year. He'll be thirty five when that contract ends. I don't I don't see. It. I mean, like he's going to make a purpose. return to Vegas and finish his career there. It's going to be a whole story arc. <laughs> it's gonna, I saw the yeah, script it's going to be. Bygones be bygones. He comes back. Yeah, welcome. He back. parks the car back in the garage. Uh, I will say this though. I'm I'm gonna pay him a compliment. He's gonna look fucking awesome in the Saints uniform. I, that is a great like the, fit. The color scheme wise, except it's not silver. It's gold. Yeah, he's gonna look good there. Like the eyeliner is really gonna gonna go well with those uh, the gold accents on the uniform. I think so. That's my compliment for Derek Carr. And that's it, fellas. That's all that we have for quarterback talk today. But we're not done. This episode is not over because we have questions to answer from the Brainiacs who uh, who sent it in on Twitter. So we greatly appreciate each and every one of your questions. Let's answer some mail. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Nice. Is there a delay there or was that on time? No, that I haven't done one perfect. in so long. That was, was really perfect? good. Yeah. Damn. God, nice, I felt man. good. I haven't done it in so good long. Delivery. I was like, we need to yeah. do some You were ready. You were good. primed you. and ready. Good job. Thank you. I, I I missed it. I missed it. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, to answer some of these questions here. So the first question comes from Angry Beaver Seven. Nice. Over on Reddit, we appreciate the question. He asked, "Can I drop Malik Willis and Zach Wilson? Allen, yep. can he drop them off of his dynasty team? Yep. Next question." Okay, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I think he can. There is no Willis, reason to be rostered. Might not even guys. be on the team, as we heard. Yeah, he might. Get, yeah, uh, we've seen Wilson. <laughs> I don't know what you expect to get out of him. You're not. There's no, literally, no value anywhere. Not trading. Not starting. Not doing anything. They're just a black hole for your roster. I feel. Yeah, cut him. I'd rather. I'd rather own some some handcuff running backs than those yeah, guys. So exactly. Love me. Some get them out of there. They're roster cloggers. Next question comes from Sean Gogolin. I apologize if I butchered that. He said, aside from Mahomes and Kelsey, are there any catcher slash quarterback combos that you feel are a must stack? Yeti. Yeah, I, I thought of five right away. Uh, you oh, have <laughs> Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Uh, those guys are going to be top five, you know, each year. Uh, yeah. Joey B and Jamar Chase. Jamarius, baby. Uh, you have Tua and Tyreek. 
Um, you have Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, and then you have Dak and CD Lamb. I think all five of, of those combinations are top ten in fantasy. You don't purposes. want to do Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. No. I was going to say Herbert, but <laughs> say Herbert. Yeah, but the problem is, who? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Herbert, Quentin Johnston, maybe. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> like the, the wide receivers, not yet. Back down to Eckler. Yeah, yeah, Eckler. Yep, there you go. That's Justin a good Herbert. combo. Herbert Eckler stack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think you kind of. I'm trying to think of if I'm miss if you missed anybody that I would be interested. Uh, okay, in. Okay, would you of, replace any of those with like uh, Cousins and Jefferson? Cousins is sneaky. Yeah, I actually, sneaky, I, yeah. I have a lot of respect for Cousins. He's one of those guys that I definitely am, am probably, we'll see where his ADP falls this year, but he's certainly someone I'm looking at targeting in redraft formats because he's one of those guys who's not super flashy. He's not going to get you a lot of points on the ground, but what he will do is he will sling the ball and he does it with great efficiency because he's got Justin Jefferson and he now has another weapon uh, to play yeah. with as well in that offense. So yeah, Kirk Cousins, I, I would definitely be interested in his own with Jefferson. I, I'll put them in that category. Yeah. I think that's a feast or famine stack. I think you're either going to get sure. like 60 points from them or you might get like 12 20. sometimes. Yeah. Like, I think it's just kind of whatever Kirk does. But I think that's an interesting – I think especially if you have Jefferson, I think it would be an interesting late flyer if you're on a redraft to pick up Kirk. Yeah, because Kirk's not going to go like a like a third round like – no like a Josh Allen or someone like that. No, 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 no. Let me ask a question off of this question. Who are, who's in the next tier of stack for you guys? Guys I could possibly, you know, be top 10 any given, given week, whether they're a wide receiver or quarterback. Uh, I thought of Goff and sun God. Yeah. Um, I like, I, I don't, I don't hate that one. Fields and more have potential. What about Garoppolo and Adams? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about Jimmy G. That that's that's no. I, I don't, <laughs> oh, I'm out. Man. Fuck Jim. It was funny at the at the uh, the draft. There was a Raiders fan standing next to us, and the Raiders picked, and he just started screaming. He was pissed, and I don't remember who you guys drafted. And I'm like, you're not a fan of Jimmy G. And he looks at me. And he goes, "We're not calling him that." He goes, "I'm. I refuse to call him that." He goes, "Until he fucking does something for us, he's just Jim." <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. I don't know, Jim. Yeah, he's like, he's just Jim Garoppolo. And I was like, yeah, take the Jimmy away. Take the Jimmy away. Can't even call him Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not excited about that. What about Rodgers and Wilson? Yeah, that was another one. I'd put that a tier below. I'm interested in that. That one's got a, that's got to gel quick, man. And for somebody like Rodgers that hates guys not knowing his system to mesh with guys really quickly and, I don't know. That'll, I'll like how quickly. Okay, let's set the over under at week three that Rogers gets frustrated. Oh yeah, I'll take the. I'll, I'll take, take, take the, the under. I'll take, <laughs> week I'll one take or two. Whatever it is to get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's gonna be mad. Yeah, I, I that'll be interesting. But I think there's, I think there's just a lot of growing pains there with that schedule too. But I, I agree. I like that. Yeah. I like it though. Like if you have one, I think it's worth it. I, I think it's worth to see it through. But I think uh, Yeti kind of crushed it. Okay, yeah, I think you did a great job. Thanks, fellas. Let's go golf claps for you. Well done. Uh, next question here comes from the Big D himself, Aaron Big D Davis. Damn. His handle is Aaron D Back Davis, but he's big got a, probably Big D. We gave him that, that nickname. Uh, the NFC South, he asks, who do you think is realistically winning that division, and who do you think could even be a sleeper for a wild card spot? I think they're going to cancel that division. I think that division <laughs> of football is just going to be canceled. 
is uh, probably a realistic option. All right. You look at the NFC South. Who do I think is going to win? I think it's going to be the Saints. It's got to be the Saints. It's going to be the Saints. It's got to be the Saints. That's why I wanted Derek Carr. I think, yeah, but Derek, I like for fantasy football output. That's a di- we're talking NFL to fantasy. Oh, I understand like, that, but the I don't like. I mean, the Panthers defense isn't anything. The Bucks defense is going to take a step back. The Falcons defense, I don't know. I think there's opportunity, but anyways, that being said, I I think it's going to be the Saints. I think it's going to be Saints. I think and the Saints will probably. Yeah, Vegas tends think, to agree with you guys here. They yeah. are the favorites by favorites. Uh, plus one twenty. And then Falcons are plus two fifty. Damn, you, you should have let us wait because I was going to see gonna say, uh, if I, I could guess the second one for the sleeper wild card that he asked here. I, and now I feel kind of biased because it was either the Falcons or the Bucks for me. Mm-hmm. I think if Kyle Trask can figure it out, the 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 Bucks still have weapons. So oh, <laughs> the Falcons and the Buck is the Bucks third, and is the line close between the Bucks and the Falcons, Yeti? The Bucks the Panthers are last, and they are the last. The Bucks by are a below while. the Panthers. Yeah, so it goes: yeah, the Saints are plus one twenty, Falcons are plus two fifty, Baker Mayfield, Panthers are plus three fifty, and the Bucks are plus seven hundred. Oh my god! Ah, my god! I mean, I the, Bucks the Bucks are barely be better than the Panthers. On. The Bucks are barely holding on with Tom Brady. Yeah, they just gave what up. Is, what? Is, <laughs> You think they're going to play hard for Kyle Trask <laughs> or Baker Mayfield? Yeah, you think that's going to be the move for them? Like, oh fuck yeah, let's get it. Yeah, fuck Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. I think I... Yeah. Saints, Saints, okay. Falcons. I think we'll just go the Vegas route. Sorry, okay. Aaron. No, yeah, it was a little bit of a cheap answer. I mean, we got the Saints. We googled we your answer for you, Aaron. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I think the Saints probably do win it, and then if I was to pick. Yeah, it's got to be the Falcons. I think yep. I think I'll go with that as well. Next question comes from Come and Take Them. And I don't know mm-hmm. what we're taking, but I'm coming. He asks, what does Devontae, that I spelt wrong, Devontae Adams' message Deontay. feel like he wants management to make better moves, or is he setting himself to move on soon? We've kind of talked about this before a little bit, but Yeti, yeah. as a Raiders homer, why don't you uh, why don't you initially give us your thoughts here about See, Mr. Deontay I, Adams? I had some questions regarding this question because Devontae Adams has put out two statements recently. <clears throat> it's Deontay. Um, yeah, Deontay. Sorry, there is one. <laughs> there was one statement that came out saying that he doesn't need a quarterback to be an All Pro or something like that, and he wasn't. He didn't go to Vegas just to be friends or just to be Fuck with around, his friend. Out. Came around or he came to Vegas to win a Super Bowl. Um, strip so I'm assuming we're going with that message, right? I don't, I don't know, but I'm going to assume we're going with that message. Um, I think he's going to find out real fucking quick that there is a <laughs> drop off from Jimmy G or Derek Carr to Jimmy G. And yeah. he's just not going to have a good time. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah fuck Jim, and Deon- Jim and Deontay. Jim. Just yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, He's not going to be a Raider by the end of the year. No, I agree with you. I don't think he w- I don't think he will be. I think the Raiders You know, I If you weren't on the show today, I would I would probably dog on him a little bit more, but I am going to say this. I would hope that the Raiders are smart enough to recognize that the position that they're in halfway through the year and realize that they should probably move on from him. Now, I'm not going to accuse the Raiders of being super intelligent, but I would hope that that would be the case for you as their fan because 
Much like myself, my team is horrible. And when you love something, as we've discussed, you set it free. And that's what I want for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think the Raiders are kind of in a similar situation where, like, Devontae still can – you can get something for him because he is still talented. But you're I, I don't see the Raiders making the playoffs. I don't see the Raiders winning that division. And Jim is not the answer. So – I think that I hope that they would move on, and I hope I hope that uh, that he goes on to greener pastures. So yeah, and I mean I'm a diehard Raiders fan, but I'll be the first to tell you we are not in a position to be a wild card, to be a playoff team, yeah. to win the AFC West. None of that shit. Like <clears throat> we are, we need a hard rebuild. We have yeah. some pieces in in place, right? But Devontae Adams, he's an aging wide receiver. Love him to death. I'd love to keep him, but if we if we can get a first round pick out of him. Do that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know if you do, though. Probably not. I may, I, yeah, like maybe a second. Yeah. I Even second, second round, I, I would be happy with. But we need to get some kind of value out of these guys <laughs> while they, they have you could You could play yeah. the game I always used to play as a Chiefs fan. Like, just please don't finish last. That was a fun game to play every year. Like <laughs> my game is just beat Broncos beat Denver twice. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Just finish ahead of Russ. That's the goal. Yeah, that's that's a good goal. Good goal to set. He is unlimited. All right, last question here comes from Godfather League, and I actually really love this. Question. I like this one too. So I, I had a good I appreciate answer. it. He Prep. says this one's this one makes me think a little bit. He says, "What coaching and or coordinator change will impact an NFL team the most?" What has impacted their team the most? I have an answer I've for you. Do you want to go? Man. Me? Yeah, go. I want to hear yours. I think Shane Steichen to the Colts is going to be a really, really fun watch. Boo. I think that's that's going to be a pretty big impact play. You don't you don't agree? No, that's an easy one. No, it is a really easy one. But I think that 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 that's the one that comes to that was the first one that came to my mind. So I wanted I, that's the one that I brought to the table. I think that. Um, John Gannon to the Cardinals will also impact the team and will still continue to be dog shit. So I could say that too. I, I just think I, th- I have a lot of respect for what Steichen has done with Jalen Hurts in building around him and improving him. So I think the Colts, they were in a really bad spot last year. Frank Reich kind of did not do a lot of things that I think we had hoped he would do. And then honestly, I was hoping Jeff Saturday was going to get the job just to see pure chaos ensue in that, that organization. But I think this was probably a really good hire for them to try and get their offense back on track. So I think this is going to be a really, a really impactful hire for them, in my opinion. It's good. I have one. Are you going to say Eric Bieniemy? Is no. it Eric Bieniemy? No. Okay. No, I think so. I dug in, just a smidge, dug in a smidge, but I think um, this could also save Tua. And I think the Dolphins hiring Vic Fangio. With the defense that they have in place right now, they have Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Bradley Chubb. They have pieces in place to be a good defense. And I think, which could be impactful for that whole division, is if the Dolphins' defense then just has a chokehold on being like good luck scoring, it's going to be fucking difficult for you all year. And I think them hiring Vic could be the difference in them actually getting into the playoffs. I don't think they'll win the division, but I think that's what's going to get them if Tua can stay healthy and that defense can keep him healthy by giving him better opportunities and allowing that offense to not have to feel like Tua has to do everything for him. I think that could Mike is Mike White the quarterback now there? Well, the backup there? Can uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mike and Skyler. Okay. Mike I and like Skyler. That. I 
Mike was good last year. I mean, he I won't say he was yeah. like, superb, but he was certainly usable. So. But I think it's not sexy to say Vic Fangio, but I think that I think him on that defense could be very powerful. Yeah, for I them. like that. That's a good football I like answer. That. I like it. Big that football is, that guy. Is a good one. <laughs> Big football guy. Thank you. Yeti? Um, so as much as I hate shitting on the Chargers, I think them signing Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator was a very good hire for them. Um, last year... I mean, every year that Justin Hurt, no, he was with with the the Cowboys. 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 They, uh, so the Chargers let Joe Lombardi go, who had been with Herbert for the past three years. Um, Passing has never been a problem for Herbert, right? They've, they've, he's thrown for over 4,500 yards in each of his three seasons. Last year, they were almost last in rushing offense. And they're getting a guy in Kellen Moore who has experience in different offenses. And we've seen him have success, obviously, with Dallas. We've seen what he can do with Dak, with CeeDee Lamb, with Zeke, um, Pollard, you name it. And I think his impact on Justin Herbert is going to be huge. And I think we see that offense take a step forward because of Kellen Moore. Um, Like I said, that offense is elite in the passing game. But I think you're going to see even more uh, explosion come Mm -hmm. out of that offense from the running game, which is going to open up more passing lanes. So uh, you say the running game, and I, I before we get off here and, and move on, I just Whoa. briefly want to pick your brain on this. Um, Austin Eckler, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of discussion going on with Austin Eckler. Do you, do you think that if they were going to run the ball more, we might see more of a split backfield with Isaiah Spiller? We had kind of seen him get involved earlier last year, and there was some some people were getting ready to hit the panic button on Austin Eckler kind of panned out at the end of the year very obviously as, as things progress but up until that week three like we saw that is that something you think we're going to see again this year yeah Eckler came out and said last year that was the plan the plan was to reduce his workload in the early part of the season so he can be healthy towards the end of the season and I think we're going to continue to see that I think it <laughs> only makes sense now that he's 28 years old he wants to get more money like he needs a per uh to heal himself or, you know, not as get, get as much volume right in the early part of the season when it doesn't matter as much. So I think whether it's Isaiah Spiller or whoever, I think we're going to see a lot of them early and often behind. You think, does that, does that make you a little bit more skeptical to want to draft him super early or are you still hitting that buy button? Fantasy playoffs are at the end of the season, baby. That's all. That's the only time I need him to score Mm -hmm. some TDs. True that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was it. Do you think the hold on one more? Do you think this is the year the Chargers win the AFC West? No, no. Go <laughs> every year it goes through. It's Kansas every year, City, man. Well, I said I that know. last year on the podcast too. Uh, when people were like, you know, t- they lost Tyreek, Mahomes is going to take a step back. No, they still have Andy Reid. They still have Mahomes. They're fine. Okay, fair. Got to go through right. Kansas City. Okay, I would say even I. I was going to say unless Patrick Mahomes gets injured, but he also no, proved that don't say matter, that. So yeah, why would you say that out loud? Yeah. No, I was just not like that, dog man? on him. Why would you I, I was very end of him, episode, him, at the very end of the episode. I was paying him pay. homage. I was impressed with him. Oh, I'm panicking Gross. now. Now I have anxiety. It's only May, May seventeenth. You, you know that we don't root for injuries here. <laughs> we don't root for injuries here. At least on the podcast, there might sure. be some some witchery going on behind the scenes, but <laughs> we'll we'll leave it there. All right, gentlemen, this has been fun. This has been good, and now it's time to get the hell out. So we are. Damn it. You motherfuckers. Come on. I was pointing at you. Is it me or you? We are out. Out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. 
Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.